Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumpte. Hump day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this August 10th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields & Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Quinnick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us today. As uh, yesterday, we were out at Musselman Appleman football camp and uh, shot our show EPAC All Access, which you'll be seeing on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube here in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, rain or storm shortened uh, practice for them as it was a hot one and uh, they had to move some things around due to the, the way that uh, they're running athletics this year due to the heat outside here in the state. And uh, they're lucky enough that they uh, have grass fields everywhere so they can do a little bit more than other teams do. But they had to move their practices around yesterday and then come uh, lightning in the distance. So they had to actually go inside. But we were able to catch up with uh, Musselman Appleman head coach Brian Thomas and senior quarterback Baden Hartman and senior receiver um, why is this? Ray Adamas. Ray Adamas. I don't know why that just escaped me right there, but Ray Adamas, uh, which you'll see in the EPAC All Access Muscleman Edition show coming up here soon in the next couple of weeks. But uh, definitely uh, can signal, can see how things have shifted from last year where, you know, Ray Adamas was forced to play quarterback after a bunch of injuries, including Hartman. Uh, forced him off the field and you know he learned a lot from that experience and this whole team has learned a lot and coach Thomas uh, as he says right here we'll play this one sound bite as a tease he uh, kind of says that the team has really come together as one since winter workouts we've had a really good off season you know, just a lot of commitment from the kids a lot of coming together as a team really really kind of working the togetherness with these guys trying to get on the same page trying to get them all together which you know they've came together really good and it's kind of everything that we've done in the winter kind of carried over into the spring we had a good summer and now the camp started we're starting to have a good camp and uh it seems like their work that things are working out there well and uh got a lot of good impressions from them yesterday yeah i would agree with that i think the message is pretty clear uh that Musselman is trying to get back to what they were before last season. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it is that not only were they disappointed with how last season went, I think from, or due to the injuries that they experienced, but I think some of it too was just execution at times, uh, not being where they wanted it to be as the season kind of went on. And I think that might have been due to maybe some of the frustrations with some injuries that they suffered and that kind of adding up. Uh, because it, despite all of that, you know, we were sitting there and Musselman still had a chance at potentially making it into the postseason there toward the end of the year, but couldn't quite get those wins together to do so. So um, I think, you know, this is a team that is going to enter this year, you know, with high expectations as they should. And, uh, you know, a team to definitely look out for. And um, based on what we've heard, you know, this team has that focus that they'll be back uh, toward the top of the EPAC and back toward the top of the state. 
when when uh, this regular season wraps up, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Uh, but definitely there are some uh, exciting things, I think, on that roster and with that program. It's just will they be able to put it all together this year? Uh, we'll we'll uh, have to come down to how they play on the field. Yeah, when we talked yesterday with Ray Baden and uh, Coach Thomas, you could clearly tell that they were frustrated with how last season went and that this year there's going to be a huge chip on the shoulder of the Musselman Appleman, and that's going to make them a very tough team to play here this season Especially coming up. And it's going to be a tough schedule as well. We mentioned it on the uh, show yesterday, and uh, when we talked with Coach Thomas yesterday as well, he said the same thing. It's one of the, if not the toughest schedules in the state looking up and down at theirs. Half, over half, if you want to include uh, Sharando possibly from Virginia, of the teams on that schedule that are playoff caliber teams this year. Yeah, definitely. And I think it all comes down to how things roll on the field. And they start four away games, and that's going to be a huge factor. Is can you come out of that at least 500, 2 and 2, 3 and, three and 1 is probably your hope, knowing uh, that you have a tough Martinsburg team in there. And, uh, you know, your hope is 4 and 0, obviously, but, you know, 3 and 1, 2 and 2 is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I think that Jefferson game is going to be pretty important because those are two teams that. Uh, you know Jefferson was kind of the team that took Musselman's spot last year in terms of being that second best team in the EPAC uh, but they lose their starting quarterback they lose Case and Lanza uh, but still have a lot coming back um, from last year's team so that's a big game early in the year that will I think tell us more about Musselman while Musselman Martinsburg is obviously a huge matchup uh, you know based on the past couple of years results it probably won't be a close game just based on that, but you never know. Obviously, Musselman did jump out on top of Martinsburg uh, the last time they played, and there was a chance potentially for them to at least get some early momentum. Uh, and who knows? I mean, it's you know we haven't seen these teams play this year. It could be a down year. We never know for Martinsburg. I, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I mean, they have a lot of talent coming back, but anything can happen on any given Friday night. But I really think that Jefferson game will kind of show us maybe who's going to emerge as the other team that makes it here out of the EPAC or other two teams that potentially make it out of the EPAC uh, into the postseason. And I think that will be like a really big and a really good game uh, that tell us a lot about those two teams early on in the year because they've gotten those first few, few games out of the way. Uh, you know, they've faced some quality opponents and then we'll kind of have some answers there about both of those teams, I think, in that in that Jefferson-Musselman matchup. Yeah, and definitely excited for everybody to get to see EPAC All Access as uh, there'll be a mic'd up segment in there. First one, maybe trying to work out some kinks there with the uh, wireless live mic connection, but hopefully uh, it comes out good and uh, it'll be a thirty, roughly 30-minute 30 show uh, with six segments, we'll, we'll break. We'll kind of do a preview, and then we'll have interview with the co- with each coach, two players in different segments, mic'd up, and then our kind of quick recap and uh, kind of our analysis of talking to the coaches and previewing what the season brings. But it should be exciting. We'll head out to Washington tomorrow, Martinsburg on Friday, and let me double check the schedule for next week. Uh, before I say out of order days. Um, next Monday we'll be at Jefferson. 
Then we'll be at Hedgesville on Tuesday and Spring Mills on Wednesday to wrap up our tour around the EPAC. And then uh, the week of game week, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, expect to see those shows on TV 10 around 7 p.m. and premiering on YouTube at 7 p.m. as well. But it should be an exciting time here as we count down the days to the start of EPAC football with 825 being the season opener, Washington at Hedgesville, and then Martinsburg hosting Salem out of Virginia on the 26th. Uh, should be a great season for us that we'll have here on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10. Uh, but we'll kind of break more down throughout the EPAC as we uh, get closer to the season and, and are able to talk and see these practices between all these uh, with all these teams. Uh, but it's definitely going to be an exciting year of EPAC football. Yeah, I wish we would have got to see more of the uh, practice for Mosselman. We'll have to go back there. Yesterday. We're definitely going to have to go back there because of the weather, though. Yeah, that weather, uh, what is it, maybe 520, 530, I think it. they got off the field. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll get into NFL news. Uh, we'll hear reaction from one player, a team captain, really, for the commanders about uh, the firing of defensive line coach Sam Mills. That's next after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Before we get into this next segment, just want to wish a happy birthday to our coworker, uh, volleyball and girls basketball color analyst Jim Klein. He's probably tuned in here to his office at the Martins or Shepherd Martinsburg Center. Want to wish him a happy birthday, and I look forward to seeing him here. And I believe what twenty days is our first volleyball game, the thirtieth. I know it's been too long. Last at the end of a uh, softball, but happy birthday, Jim. Hope you enjoy it today, and uh, looking forward to getting to now instead of broadcast with you. Uh, watch you on the broadcast. Hey, is, for he, is he the the big uh, two five? Is that what he is? Two five or thirty? Is he thirty? He's turning thirty, right? <laughs> Plus 31. Oh, maybe 31. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jim. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. We talked yesterday about the commanders firing abruptly defensive line coach Sam Mills and uh, how, you know, kind of weird timing to do that in the middle of training camp four or five days before the first preseason game. Uh, well, yesterday the media in Ashburn, Virginia, caught up with uh, – Basically, the defensive line captain, really the captain of the team, John Allen, and here's what he had to say about his now former coach, Sam Mills. I mean, at the end of the day, it's sad. I think me and Coach Sam were getting along really well. We were really making some progress as a defensive unit. Um, it's, it's the NFL, and people just got to remember it's a great game but a terrible business. Um, obviously, it wasn't ideal for him, but as a team, we have to focus and keep moving forward. You know, I love Coach Sam, and I wish him the best, but my focus is making sure everyone who's here, I'm doing my best to make them better. So that's what I'm focused on. How unusual is it, you know, is it we're midway through camp here and it's not like an offseason? It wasn't an early offseason change. Just how much is it weird for you kind of to go through this? One thing I've learned in the NFL is that nothing is unusual. you got to learn to expect the unexpected. And as soon as you get comfortable, the NFL will surprise you. So, I mean, 
going into my sixth year, there's very few things that can surprise me in the NFL anymore. I've seen guys, seen some of my best friends get cut, seen some guys who I thought for sure were great players not make it for whatever reason or another. So it's really hard to surprise me going into year six. Was this one of the few things? It's hard to surprise him going into his sixth season. Uh, from what I've kind of been reading, Sam Mills was not well liked by these defensive linemen. According so, to John Allen, he well, was. now I, was I say John Allen's saying that he John was surprised Allen and just, that they were getting along great. But my thought here is, I've heard from a lot of other uh, media members reading a bunch of stuff here in the last, uh, well, you know, since the show ended yesterday. It's more of a John Allen said that as the leader of the team, he wasn't going to bash anybody because that's just the kind of person John Allen is. And uh, it's kind of sad, you know. Uh, I guess there's reports, as I mentioned on the show yesterday, J.P. Finley said in January that he wouldn't be surprised if any coach was let go. It was Sam Mills, and it never happened until there. The crazy part is he had just gotten back in town because his dad, his late dad who passed away, I believe, in 2005, was just enshrined into the NFL Hall of Fame. So he was up in Canton over the weekend. He comes back to basically find out he doesn't have a job. In philosophical di- or philosophy, That's how the NFL works is it's just said, crazy. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. And uh, where do they go from there? We mentioned yesterday that they kind of just named their assistant defensive line coach, the uh, the head coach Warren Sapp, out of practice yesterday. He was there in minicamp. Ryan Kerrigan shadowing the defensive line coaches uh, and seeing if he likes coaching. So my thought here is I even said this in my sports report this morning, you see how Ryan Kerrigan likes coaching at the end of camp? And if he really likes it, maybe you offer him that assistant That's D-line what I was coach yesterday. Show. Yeah, but now I've had more time to think about it. This was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing on the show. Happened at 11.10 it's yesterday true, morning. It'll be interesting to see option. how that shakes out. I mean, I think it definitely is a weird situation, but also if the... I don't think Ron Rivera would make this move without consulting the players. So while John Allen may be saying that, like you said, I think you know that makes more sense that it probably was just him being a leader and not wanting to say something bad about uh, their former coach. So I would think that you know before making a move like that, you would consult the players and be like, hey, you know, we think that this we need to go in a different direction here. What are your guys' thoughts before you would? you know, fire a positional coach because like I said yesterday, I don't think it makes a huge difference in terms of how good this team's going to be this year. But it might make a difference in, in improving that D line a little bit. And uh in terms of going with Kerrigan as an assistant, I mean maybe that that could work. Uh you know, that is quite a quick uh jump into coaching for a guy that just uh retired. But yeah, but he's known he was going to retire. I think he said for like a year that last year was going to be his last year playing in the league. Yeah, but so still, and he didn't really ready. play much. I think it's just a quick jump in my personal. Well, opinion. I mean, you'd be an assistant defensive line coach. So how much would you actually, you know, be on your? Because usually the way That's I true. was listening, how that worked is, uh, your one of your D, your main D line coach obviously oversees the assistant coach and then all the defensive linemen, but. With there being two coaches, one coaches the interior and one coaches the exterior, and the uh, assistant that was now I can't, I'm not going to say his name because I always say it incorrectly, he was the interior guy, right? So it kind of just makes sense 
that Ryan Kerrigan comes out and be is the exterior guy because remember they played in that three four system when he got drafted, so he was an outside linebacker coming in and rushing in. But then when they transitioned back to the four three, he was an he was a defensive end. So right. I, I think that with the assistant that's now the the head D line coach being the interior guy, I think it kind of even more opens the door if Ryan Kerrigan wants this job and he likes it at the end of camp. I think Ron offers it to him, but they did. He did say yesterday, Ron did that. This this means nothing right now. He's just here doing this. He's here shadowing because he wants to. Yeah. But if he likes it, I mean, if they talk at the end of camp and say, you know, do you like it? Do you want to? What are your thoughts on this? Would you accept this job? I think it'd be a cool thing. Is that he immediately gets out of playing and he's a he's an assistant D line coach, which isn't you know you don't have that much responsibility necessarily. I think that's a good avenue into coaching. That's I don't fair. Know I think I think he nothing, would work well as that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was kind of just all you know boiling over and it was only a matter of time before Mills got fired, which is why they brought in Kerrigan. Even though I know he just retired, but they probably had in his ear, hey. We're looking for this because this might happen because well, I mean, people I think aren't that's getting why, along. So even though Rivera says this is all nothing, I don't know if I fully buy that. I think that's why Warren Sapp was here. I think I he too. was there in minicamp because you have all these rookies coming in. You let go Matt Ioannidis. You let go uh, – who's the other guy that let go? Not just Matt Ioannidis. Uh, he went I'm up and he well. signed with the Bills. They let go two defense, interior defensive linemen or two total defensive linemen, and you know I think that that says something that maybe they wanted out. Yeah. So I think that you bring in Warren Sapp. He was here in minicamp to help the rookies because maybe you want to see what kind of job Sam Mills is doing and you want to hear it from somebody outside of the organization. And not saying that, that Warren Sapp was the reason Sam Mills got fired, but I'm saying if you're Ron Rivera, you definitely ask the questions, what do you think of him as a coach? You know, you coach with him for a week. What do you think of him as a coach? Not, the, you know, just taking into what he says, because obviously Ron Rivera respects Warren Sapp enough to invite him to camp, to mini camp. So I think that, you know, he says all this isn't connected, but I think somewhere, some way it's connected. That's what I was saying. I mean, I think he knew he was going to let, let him go. I think he, he didn't, yeah, ju- he didn't just abruptly o- make this decision on Monday If it was night. already over philosophy differences, there had to have been something there for a while now. I just don't think you make that decision overnight. Yeah. So I think Warren Sapp being there was because they were down a coach and they needed somebody that they was already there to help the rookies in minicamp. I think it's it's all a situation connected but not connected at the same time. I think it's connected in he brought him back yesterday because of it, because he was letting him go and he needed help uh, on the defensive line side. But we'll see how that shakes out towards the rest of the preseason. And uh, you wonder how much, if any, you see Ryan Kerrigan on the sidelines coaching on Saturday. We'll have to wait and see, because but I don't if think these are just coincidences. You've got you to look at these differently. Uh, before we hit the rest of the NFL news, let's kind of jump down to what I have on the bottom of the list of NFL news. Uh, former WVU great Geno Smith has been named the Seahawks starter for the preseason opener. What do we think about this? Do we think he really gets another shot, or do you think Drew Locke wins the job? I think he deserves another shot. I don't think that Drew Locke has 
a, enough talent, I guess, is the direction that I'm going for to be the clear-cut starter. So I think that it makes sense for the Seahawks to give Smith a chance as well. He's been in that system before. He knows what he's doing there. He's been a starter for them, I believe, for Started a little bit. Yeah. So when, uh, I Russell think it makes out. sense to let him have a shot at becoming the main starter, even though you just got Drew Locke. And I've never been a Drew Locke guy. I was, eh, honestly, even though he did have a lot of talent during his time at WVU for Geno Smith. I thought it was more the weapons that made him shine rather than him making the weapon shine, but that might just have been me during his time at WVU. But I like that the Seahawks are making the decision in having the competition. Well, I think he deserves a shot at the competition, and whoever performs the best will end up being their starting quarterback. But in terms of long-term or anything with Geno Smith, I mean, the guy's 31 years old, so, I mean, he's had his opportunities in the NFL uh, to prove whether or not he can be, you know, a consistent and a franchise-type quarterback, and he's not. Uh, And Drew Locke is much younger, so it is possible that for that perspective, they might go with Locke to see if they can develop him and get some production out of him. But I think if they are trying to go with the best guy for the job and they think Geno Smith uh, has performed better than Drew Locke so far throughout camp and will perform better throughout. And if he goes on to perform better throughout the preseason and wins the job, then yeah, uh, it makes sense to go with Geno. But from a perspective of long-term in Seattle and in terms of Geno Smith getting another opportunity, I think he's had plenty of opportunities in the NFL and just hasn't really shown to be much more than that very decent backup i would say he's a decent backup nfl um, networks tom pelissero he reports that drew Locke has quote pretty clearly been better been the better quarterback in camp end quote so i don't really know what this means maybe it's just i mean then maybe it's because gino's the veteran so they snick him out there for and he's been with and- the team He's been with the team, so they give him the week one preseason start. Because week one of the preseason is typically the most sloppy week, you know, because each week you're going to get better as a team. So maybe he gets week one, and then Drew gets week two, and then it's like even in week three in terms of snaps and stuff, and then they'll make a decision, or maybe they'll make a decision by week two if Locke is actually outperforming. It'll just be interesting to see how that all shakes out, but Geno Smith, former WVU, great getting another shot at being a starter, getting the kind of the edge up there with the first preseason game. Uh, we'll be looking at his stats as uh, you know, they play this weekend, the Steelers. Huh. So depending on how things shake out here on the radio side, you may actually hear that Steelers game. That's two quarterback controversy games and or really teams. Going that really is two teams that uh, lost their veteran starter last year, whether it be trading or retirement. Uh, but let's move on now. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield impressing the Panthers staff down in Carolina at their camp. Uh, I mean, he's clearly, I feel like, the clear-cut number one starter. I don't know what the whole – this is an open tryout, whatever you want to call it, open It's because you just don't want to just give him the job. You want to uh, – competition's always good to get the best out of people. So I think that's why there's been kind of this open competition between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. But, I mean, it's not too hard – to go out there and impress when you've looked at Sam Darnold for last season. I mean, this is a guy that, like I said before, is just not a very good quarterback. He turns the ball over too much. 
he has some skill sets here and there. Like he's better probably than maybe Daniel Jones, but that's about it. And even then, it's very close. Uh, so Baker, yeah, I would tend to agree he's going to win this job. Um, how successful will the Panthers be? Probably not too good, but it won't all be on Baker. I think they'll be, you know, probably the last or third best team in the NFC South. Uh, but I mean, Baker Mayfield is definitely a decent quarterback. I think he's mid-level in terms of rankings. You'd probably put him around 15, 16 in the league. And Darnold, you'd probably put around, you know, 29, 32, somewhere in that range if he was a starter. So, uh, definitely a guy that will win this job, but, um, and I'm not surprised that he's impressed at camp, I guess is where I was going with all that. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would expect Baker Mayfield to be their starting quarterback. I do too, and I'd agree with the fact that if you want to rank him as a quarterback, you'd probably put him 15th or 16th, but at the same time, his ceiling probably put as a top 10 quarterback yeah. in the league mm-hmm. if he's to what he was expected to be when he was first drafted by the Browns and led them finally to the playoffs. The dude's a winner. He has been. We saw it during his time in Oklahoma, and we saw it for a little bit there in Cleveland. It's just the fact that, as Nick said a couple of days ago, and we've heard it, I can't remember uh, which Pittsburgh Steeler I think it was, that the Browns is the Browns. They seem to always get in their own way and make disasters either. happen. Yeah, I think I just said that. I don't know. If no, was... you said it, but somebody else said it. Well, probably That's, a lot of people uh... have said it. All right. Well, Roger Goodell or Goodell, what is it? The new Browns. The, yeah, the, the, the Broncos, Broncos owner. Uh, excuse me. Called him Goodell or something. Whatever they called him in the oversight hearings. Uh, he has said ev- ev- the evidence calls for Watson having a full season ban. Uh, we know the NFL has pushed to try to get a uh, – what, what's the word? I'm, I'm literally losing track of my – Tougher, phone. more strict. Crackdown. Yes. They're trying to get a better or a more reasonable suspension for the evidence that is there. And he he's backing that they want him, that they want a full-year ban on him. And uh, Pro Football Talk posted an hour ago on Twitter, Deshaun Watson currently is available to play in preseason games. Could a ruling from Peter Harvey, who's the independent person that Roger Goodell appointed, because if Roger Goodell, obviously what he's come out in public said, if he came out and he wanted to say, which I don't understand, he's the commissioner of the league, I feel like he should be able to make the rulings. He should be able to come out and say what he wants to say and do what he wants to do because he is the commissioner of Spencer's the Spencer's a dictator. <laughs> he's a commissioner. He should be able to do whatever he wants. I don't know. He, I mean, he uh, works for the owner, Spencer. But Peter Harvey, <laughs> before Friday night, could prevent that from happening. Uh, the NFL did indeed ask for a one-year suspension that starts immediately, and the NFLPA is not ruling out a decision from Peter Harvey before Friday night that could keep Watson from playing in the preseason opener in Jacksonville. Uh, this, again, is an evolving situation. Yeah, I I was very shocked. Well, not shocked completely, but... I'll, a little bit surprised, I guess, that it was only a six-game suspension initially handed out. Uh, I thought initially we'd probably get like an eight, um, and then I believe it should be a full season, but I, I mean, thought maybe initially they'd go with an eight-game suspension. Um, 
but six is definitely not the correct number here. And, and uh, I think that chart that you you've seen that graphic, right? Yeah, I mean it's the NFL is very inconsistent with these suspensions. Uh, you've seen you know Josh Gordon get a full season for smoking marijuana. We see Calvin Ridley get a full season for betting, which I mean, while he wasn't bet playing, on the team, yeah, he shouldn't bet on the game. I think that's definitely no, true. Yes, but, but he wasn't even when you're comparing playing. it to what you know Baker May or not Baker Mayfield, gosh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson is, Browns is doing. Um, probably will still do again, but that's you know neither, neither here nor not, there. I mean, <laughs> but you never know. Uh, you know, obviously, it's on two different levels in terms of one is legal. One is borderline illegal, so uh, depending on you know how it would have went down in court if they continued to press charges. But anyway, uh, you know. So what I'm trying to say is, it's different levels of you know what you're doing, and the suspensions haven't made much sense in terms of what people do to get suspended, and then what the actual suspension length is. I think that is the big issue that most people have with the NFL suspensions. And uh, Deshaun Watson should receive at least a year, if not more, I think, for his actions. Yeah, I would very much so agree. I'm of the opinion that he should never play another down in the NFL, period. Never take another snap for all these allegations that have been out for a long time now. And it was very surprising. I put myself under the category of shocked when it came out that he only got six games. But I guess realistically, since it never went fully into court a year maybe two years would make more sense on a realistic term for Watson and after that then it comes the risk of he's been out of the game for so long do I want to take a chance on him well I mean, I mean he's I still, already locked he, that's up for guaranteed money with the Cleveland Browns my so thing was have to take back to what the Browns like when the Browns even signed him I was even more shocked or that they traded and then the signed the big guaranteed extension because he hasn't played in how long? Only a year, but But wasn't still. it more, slightly more than a year? Maybe a little bit more than a year. I don't know. To me, that's crazy. You're giving him the guaranteed money, and well, he, you haven't seen him on a field. Knowing that suspension was pending. Yes, too. And like a suspension was going to happen, whether it was a full season or six games like he got. And you knew that with all the evidence out there. It's the Browns. <laughs> the Browns is the, the Browns. They get in the their Browns. own way, man. <laughs> But, like, that's the thing, too. Like, while Baker Mayfield at times is a little bit of a hothead, maybe, and, uh, you know, and stuff like that, he doesn't have these off-the-field issues that you were bringing in with Deshaun Watson. So you're taking a major risk here by probably getting a more talented player, uh, but a guy that may never play for you, or at least by the time he does play for you, may not be the same player he once was. I think that is what the Cleveland Browns are. I mean, they aren't a desperate team or they weren't a desperate team for a quarterback. They had a decent quarterback in Mayfield that had gotten them to the playoffs and, you know, was hurt the entire season last year pretty much and played through those injuries. And you go out and get a guy like Deshaun Watson who, you know, just obviously has these off the field issues that you wouldn't want on your team, you would think, but they don't only get him. They give him a guaranteed contract of one of the largest NFL history for a starting quarterback. So that is definitely a big risk. And, uh, you know, from the outside, the football side, you just hope that this gets resolved in a better way because I'm kind of in agreement. I'm in agreement with Colin. I don't think he should 
play again, but again, he probably will. So yeah. a year suspension would at least be, I think, a little bit more justifiable than the six games. It definitely would. Before we close out this NFL segment, uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay revealed to reporters yesterday that he has signed a contract extension this offseason to remain with the team for the foreseeable future. That comes after all those rumors that he was going to leave coaching that young to be to go into TV, kind of like John Madden did. I mean, the dude's definitely knowledgeable, but I think it makes sense. He's the youngest uh, head coach to ever win a Super Bowl, and with the talent that the Rams still have, I wouldn't understand why he'd want to leave and would be surprised if he did leave for that John Madden-type role, which he could get in another probably 10 or 20 years if he wanted after coaching. Yeah, and uh, so he says the Rams will announce his extension when they complete a deal with general manager Les Snead, who also, you know, integral part in getting all those players on that team along with Sean McVay. But uh, that'll be interesting uh, because I want to see what those numbers come out to be as for him as a head coach. Yeah. I think he could get a huge head coaching contract extension. Definitely. And uh, I'm not surprised that he signed this. Obviously, you're not a talented surprising. coach, but you do look at coaching and – uh, from an outside perspective, it may seem like you know kind of an easier job, but it's definitely not. It's maybe that's why he was considering the retirement. He's already achieved, uh, you know, the the winning the Super Bowl, and he can still make great money as an analyst. But uh, he's going to come back, which I think is good for the Rams and good for the league. Nick, with the last word there on Sean McVay, show sponsored in part. Buy Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living. It is family-owned and operated, located at 360 Hack Wilson Ray, right here in Martinsburg. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll get into uh, Nats and O's. Nats, get back in the win column last night. Uh, three homers, two from uh, a guy they really need home runs for. We'll talk about that. Plus, Otani joins Babe Ruth and more coming up next on this edition of the Sports Mix. We're back in two minutes. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 2-2 two, two from Stroman, swinging a long drive right field, sending Suzuki back, looking up toward the corner, and this one hits high off the wall, along the angled wall, rolls into the right field corner. Nationals are jogging around like it's a home run. The Cubs are throwing it back in. Yeah, I think it and was they're going to call it a home run. Yeah, I think it hit that angled wall. Well, now the umpires are going to get together. The Nationals are circling the bases for a three-run homer. The umpires never made a definitive signal. The Cubs played it in to try to get an out at home. The Nationals were jogging around the bases. Now the umpires are going to gather. So for the moment, it's a three-run homer. And the Nationals leading 4-1. to one. Did indeed count as a three-run homer as it hit off the uh, side of the angled wall out there at Wrigley Field in Wrigleyville there in Chicago. Uh, but that was one of three home runs, and the Nats got a victory last night, 6-5. to five. They're actually looking like a, a better team now. I don't know what it game, is. one game, Spencer. But altogether, <laughs> they had to come back. It was one win, Spencer, they're after up, six up, losses. They're up 4-1. to one. Then they gave up four runs, and in the eighth inning, they made a comeback. And it was the Chicago Cubs, who also are a very good baseball team. But the Nats pitching is atrocious. You got a good, you got a good outing from Paulo Espino. Five innings, six hits, one run, five strikeouts, which is he. I think that's 
He didn't get the win. He, I believe he doesn't have a win on the season yet. But still, he had a quality outing. It's good to see, I guess. I mean, Paulo Espino, he's got a cool name. He's got that guy. What, what's Jr. the saying that I've been saying all year long about the Nationals? I don't know. Don't a win. blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. All right. It ends a six-game losing skid. That's good. They're now 37-75 on the season. They're back in action today for the rubber match of the series, 2.20 p.m. We'll have the broadcast for you, 1.40. We'll right let you celebrate if they win the series. How about that? All right, there you, you can go. Come on Josiah Gray on the bump for the Nats. Things kind of you know looking good at least for Cabert Ruiz, who's able to hit two jacks yesterday, and uh, you know he's not had a great season so far. I think he only he's has been up a, and down. A, yeah, he's been up and down. I don't think he's had that many homers on the season, but he's had I think like three in the last five day five games. Yeah, and uh, he's one of those young guys that they're you going to have something. to build around. Uh, here in the future, along with some of those players they got back in the Juan Soto trade uh, and some of their Speaking young prospects of guys as that they well. should have built around, but we knew well, this was coming. Yeah, I mean, you can only do what you can as an organization if he doesn't want to sign for your contract and you don't think you can afford to give him more money. You really don't have much options there, so I think they got the best deal done that they could. And uh, overall, long term, the Nationals, I think, accelerated their their winning, uh, or return to winning, I should say, because I think even if they brought Soto back, while he's a great player, one player can't you know make a team good. Obviously, we see that throughout the season when Soto was playing for them. So, uh, you know, the Nationals, I think, did the right thing with that move. And you mentioned Ruiz, you mentioned Josiah Gray on the mound tonight uh, or this afternoon. Uh, he's another piece that they're going to need production out of here. So we'll see kind of uh, what the Nats are able to do with some of those young guys here moving forward because you'd think maybe Abrams and Gore will be a part of this. Well, Gore's injured. I don't know if he's going to come back. but He's on the he's on the rehab. Okay, so yeah, Gore and maybe Abrams are, are some guys that are close. The Susana guy apparently hit 103 at Florida Gulf Coast for the Nats. That's good. Gulf Coast League. Okay. And Jackson Holiday, by the way, just speaking of Florida leagues, he's going to play his first game today in the FCL. Awesome. There you go. Number one pick. But I know it's going to take a couple years for the rebuild for the Nationals, but after that potential. Juan Soto trade, you have potential. You what? Yeah. It became a top ten farm. Yeah, top four, top six. A if franchise you include, now. I think top yeah. five if after you include Mackenzie Gore in there. Trade. So who just graduated? It's from going to be a tough few years. Yeah. But the Nationals will be back for a two- or three-year window. Yeah. I always get a comeback victory last night, too, as they continue to roll. We, are we really jumping on the bandwagon yet? Like, Feel am I, free, man. Should I jump on the bandwagon? Are we as a show going to jump on the bandwagon? We're not as a show. We've been on You're the not bandwagon. Invited We're to a the fan. Parade. I was about to say, na- Nationals fans, feel free to come back. It's okay. They're not invited to the parade, Colin. <laughs> I'm not inviting them to the parade. I'm just saying that feel free to come back. Admit that they were wrong in going to the Nationals fan base and come back to the Baltimore fan base where you were and belong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't really a baseball fan until the Nats Well, came then why the would town. you want to join the bandwagon? Stay was, with it the was Nationals. a joke. They'll be back. It was a joke. All right, then good. Uh, how, like, how'd that game go down? Did you, were you able to watch part of that game last night, Colin? Uh, I was tuned in for a little bit of it, and then the rain delay happened. Well, uh, I mean, crazy game with the Odor home run. And I think a 
common kind of debate topic, I guess, if you want to talk O's, is should they bring up some of their top guys like Gunnar Henderson, who's right on the edge of, uh, you know, obviously Baseball America's ranked him as the number one prospect. So should they bring him up to the big leagues and try to have him be a part of this potential playoff run? And I'm kind of mixed opinions on it. I get why you would bump him up because obviously the O's are only a half game back of the wild card and they're right there for potentially getting the one or the top wild card spot, which would guarantee them a three game series. Um, so from that perspective, it does make sense. But I do think back to 2012 when the Orioles were in a pretty similar situation. They all of a sudden had a really good season that really kind of came out of nowhere. And they brought up Manny Machado. They brought up Dylan Bundy for the playoffs and they did get out of the wild card and they were competitive in their uh, divisional series. They had Nate that, year. Hit that foul pole. Yeah. <laughs> but did they rush those guys up? Because, especially Bundy, I think, because his pitching development never dipped into a star pitcher like news. he was expected to be. So that, I think, is kind of the question ooh, there. Ooh. We have breaking news. This was this morning. I guess we missed it. J.P. Finley just posted it. Uh, Snyder speak, speaks. Commander's owner Dan Snyder addresses Maryland Gaming Commission in quest quest for a sportsbook license at FedEx. Aww. Says the team has dramatic quote dramatically upgraded end quote the stadium and will have quote big time attendance shortly end quote. We quote finally have a ourselves a quarterback end quote. It's a minute and eighteen audio source Carson from a Zoom. Is the quarterback no. Snyder, <laughs> shut up. I don't know. I just saw this. I'm going to watch this. FedEx after the has show. not been upgraded. It is still a dump. Uh, the only you thing won't they've upgraded have big crowds until you get a new stadium, and you have it as a fifty thousand. Once we have no idea if he's actually a good quarterback yet in Washington. Because Sorry to he break hasn't off played a single topic. snap in Washington. It's okay. But Colin, what's your thoughts? Do you think they should bring Gunner up? Or I'm a little bit should? on the fence too. But at this, I'd like to see it. I mean, when they called up Rutschman. The Orioles have become the Rutschman's hottest team in baseball. Though. Henderson's only 21. And he's putting crazy numbers up in AAA. I think Juan you Soto take the chance. Juan Soto I think you take that. the chance. If you're in for the playoffs this year, you take the chance. You're half game back of the wild card. And right now in the division, the Yankees are starting to drop a little bit. You're, I know it's probably not likely, but you're only 12 and a half back of first. That's true. All right, we'll table these talks for two minutes. We've got to hit the final break of the show segment and sponsored in part by the by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll kind of finish this MLB talk as we wrap up today's edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes on Talk Radio WRNR and 210. High school football season in the Mountain State kicks off Thursday, August 25th, when the Hedgesville Eagles host the Washington Patriots. Childress takes the snap, lowers the shoulder, pounces. Touchdown, Patriots. 17-0 here, 11.53 to go in this fourth quarter. Kickoff between Washington and Hedgesville is scheduled for 7 p.m. with the pregame show at 6 p.m. right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your August 10, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Buenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us for another three minutes or so. Uh, speaking of prospects, the uh, Braves have called up top prospect Grissom from Double A, Vaughn Grissom. Uh, after they placed Orlando Arca, 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 I believe so on Arcea? the Arcia, Arcia, yeah. yes, on the ten day disabled list. Twenty uh, one year old Grissom is an infielder. He hit three twenty four at two levels of the minor league system and is currently with Double A. So calling him up from Double A seems pretty big here uh, for the Braves, who are obviously in a pennant race, essentially in a race for the NL East. Well, they're uh, doing what we said that the Orioles uh, are on the fence about possibly doing. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the Orioles and the AL, uh, Shohei Otani, another home run, another pitching win, another spot in the history books. Just another night for Shohei Otani as the two-way sensation has now joined Babe Ruth as the only player in the Major League history to have at least 10 home runs and 10 wins in the same season. Uh how long will we see him be a two-way player, do you think? His whole career? I, I, can he keep it up? I mean, so far he has, and I think... I don't know. That's a good question. I'd, I think he can. I'd, for now, yeah, why not? I mean, he's been able to do it pretty consistently for now two years. Uh, so I don't see why not. Why not? I want to see him do it, at least. I do, too, but... I don't think in Anaheim. I feel bad for him Baltimore. being stuck there. I mean, that'd be cool, but unrealistic. He's going to get a lot of money nah. that Baltimore doesn't have. <laughs> he also uh, moved up on the Japanese player home run list. He's now second behind Hideki Matsui. He passed I did see Ichiro that last night, too. As well, which was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Uh, but Shohei Otani continues to be a sensation, but on a horrible team. How long will that last? It. You got I, I, Trout and Otani. And they're just... And Rendon. Horrible. And Rendon. They're just horrible. And they can't win. And they had Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. But I think that was a good trade. I think they could have traded Otani, but I guess they're going to hold off on him. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, hopefully we'll have a guest as uh, Shepard Ramps beginning football camp this week. Hopefully we'll have head coach Ernie McCook, but stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of the Sports Mix. Yeah.